25, man. Uh, Deuteronomy 21 through 24. All right, so we here. Man, um, I really like enjoyed these few chapters. Uh, you really got to kind of do some work um, to just kind of get the context because a lot of it, man, just hits our ears and it's kind of hard on our Western 21st century. Right, right. Just so far for, for far removed from this culture's ears. And uh, we'll do our best to kind of like help you guys uh, see the things uh, here that was just so countercultural in this time. Um, and so remember, like last time we were talking about human dignity, right? Like right. God is about human dignity. Dignity, man. One of the things I love that John O has said before, like um, God is about His glory and right. human dignity, right? right. Like those two aren't against one another, right? right. They actually right. are right. mutually inclusive, right? Yeah. The more we champion human dignity, the more we will give God glory, right? Mm. And so in Deuteronomy twenty-one, um, he's still under the uh, idea of of do not kill human dignity, and so he talks about this in the context of women. And in the context of children, right? Mm. And that's very interesting because uh, those are the vulnerable in that's this society. Good. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, and so after he talks about the unsolved murders, murders, he goes into women and children because the vulnerable are usually those that fail to have their dignity affirmed. Right, right. right? In right. every society from now until then, the vulnerable are those who usually fail to have their dignity affirmed and are usually most susceptible to the exploitation of the powerful. Mm. So he talks about um, you know, the fair treatment of the women that may be captured as prisoners of war and then the, the fair treatment of and the rights of the firstborn. So now in this culture, they would go into the land and the cities that um, would offer them a offering of peace, right? right? They were able to take a wife from, from that uh, culture. Yeah. And what, but the only thing is though, John, like they would have to come and adopt Israel's God, right? Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so, and if they adopted Israel's God, they could be a part of the covenant family. But right. if not, if, if, if they weren't, you know, pleased uh, with that union, they could leave, right? Right. Yeah. The Bible says they could actually leave and go. Uh. And so what God is saying, like, no, like he's trying to protect uh, those who um, usually would be, treat, would be treated unequal He's saying all are equal. All life should be valued to the same extent, right? Yeah. And um, and then after that, he talks about um, you know, just the the display of executed people. So it's again, how do we deal with death? Yeah. And um, here, like he talks about, if someone uh violates God's command, they're to be put and cursed on a tree, right? And when we get to Galatians three and uh, First Peter two, Paul will pick up on this language of cursing and say that Christ uh died on a tree because he was cursed. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And right. so yeah, the New Testament kind of assumes, right, that we uh have these texts in mind as we're reading them. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. uh yeah, and so after that, Deuteronomy 22, we go to an application of the seventh command. We know the seventh command is do not commit adultery, right? We think that the only way to apply this command is to, I'm married and I can't cheat on my wife, or right. I'm married, I can't cheat on my husband, but it's much broader than that. Again, like marriage, rightfully understood, is the prism through which all sexual freedoms and prohibitions are rightly understood, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, and so, say, yeah, say that one more time. Marriage is the prism yeah. <laughs> through which all sexual freedoms and prohibitions are rightly understood. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. So it's just so what God's trying to do right here is just give us a context for how we yeah. are to 
understand uh, sex and sexuality and the exercise of it. And it's something that's not supposed to be divorced from marriage. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And what's crazy is, you know, a lot of times um, in our culture, we, we think that like religion and faith has to do with spiritual and not the physical, mm. right? Yeah. But in the Judeo-Christian worldview, like the body and the soul have always been equally important to God. Right. right? So it's not just what you do in your spiritual private worship with God. It's how you live with your actual body that he's giving you. Ah, that's right? good. Yeah. They matter, right? Yeah. And so God gets this here, in thir- especially like 13 through 19 of chapter 22. And again, he, he's he's protecting women, right? Yeah. So he's saying if a guy says like, yo, come with me, and he sees that you you haven't been uh, pure, you haven't been a virgin, he's lying on you, like you can get your parents to take your papers to the city <laughs> elders, right? And right. you, the man, would be punished if you're lying on a woman, right? right. And so yeah. God is putting these laws in place again to protect the vulnerable, even in these sexual relations and prohibitions or freedoms that he gives yeah. to his people. I just think, man, like, like it's so good when you really do the hard work, man. One of my professors said that uh, the hardest passages reap the greatest rewards. Yeah. Right? When you really dig in to passages that seem obscure, seem hard to like digest. Right. We really get a lot of fruit. Yeah. Uh, from them. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And part of that even comes from uh, this concept of approaching the Bible and viewing it as a window into God yeah. and not a mirror uh, about us. So much of those these rich truths that you brought out, I think, are lost on a reading a passage like this and immediately starting to jump to, all right, what does this, hap- what does this mean for me, right? What do I have to do based on this? It's so, like, there's not necessarily a personal application that's meant to be derived from this, or there are context in which there's nothing personally that would apply the point of this is to help us see what god is like like god cares for the vulnerable so when we find ourselves in those positions right um our disposition can be changed as we're reminded that Mm, god cares right yeah yeah and it's man it's funny that we only do that with like the bible or like any kind of like christian uh, intake of information, a sermon. It's like, all right, what right. do I need to do? Right. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, bro, you go to the movies all the time. You read a bunch of books, <laughs> and you don't never ask that same question, right? right? Like right. you, you take it in, right? Yeah, and then from there, like you, you realize how it's beneficial and useful, right? Uh, later, like we're we're so like um, just doers, and we want something to do all the time. Right. When sometimes God wants us to be um, something or see yeah. someone, right? See someone. Um, oh, that's excellent. Yeah. And then in yeah, Deuteronomy 23, you see uh, just the overlap, right, of of some of the laws where he talks about the exclusion and inclusion of those who can enter uh, the temple um, and the cleanliness of the camp. And he just goes on and it seems like kind of laws are kind of random. Yeah. Um, but again, like it's not um, just like uh, neatly in order, I should say. Um, so he'll talk about, you know, cult prostitution in 23, and that would fit in the, in line with, like, not committing adultery. And this time, people would literally go into the temples, have uh, sexual relations in worship of a god, right? right? Just very, very wicked um, things. 
and then even the laws around fugitive slaves. So this gets into the uh, do not steal and the property aspect, uh, or shall I say, um, ownership aspect of uh, taking what's not yours, mm -hmm. um, neighbors and crops, like all of these things kind of fit into uh, what God has previously stated in his 10 uh, commandments. And, um, you know, and in 24, he starts to speak about, you know, wages, right? Even there to pay workers and those who are poor and people who are in need. And with God, it's so good, man. Like God is using this under the umbrella of stealing. And he's saying like, man, stealing is not just taking what somebody got. I ain't, I came up and, and take your cookies. That's, <laughs> right. that's stealing. Right. No, no. But God is saying like depriving someone of what they are rightfully owed, mm. right? Yeah. That is stealing as well, wow. right? Yeah. And it's just so many, like we really have to sit and think about what God says yeah. in order to apply what he says. And one of the things, man, that you see all throughout these four chapters, bro, is God um, over and over again saying that certain things deserve death. Death, yeah. Um, and that seems harsh, right? But like the Bible is clear about God's holiness, right? Mm -hmm. Like God all sin, Paul, who assumes as a as a as a second temple Jew, assumes we know he knows Deuteronomy like the back of his hand, so it bleeds out of his pen without him even saying anything. Right. Will say, yo, the wages of sin are death. Right. Right. So he'll just sum all this up. In other words, bro, like sin deserves death. Yeah. Why? Because God is so holy and it's about who you've offended, not necessarily even what you've done. Right, right, right. Right? Yeah. So when he talks about the gospel, when he brings Jesus into it, it's that much sweeter. Right. Right. Because this man, this this man kept Deuteronomy perfectly. Right. Right. And he still got the death that we deserve because he's a man just like us in Amen. our place. Amen. Right? Amen. And not only that, not only that, not only that, <laughs> right. bro. When it talks about in Deuteronomy 21, oh, it's so good. When he talks about in Deuteronomy 21, that a man who hangs on a tree is cursed Curse. by God. Mm. Jesus, now Jesus is supposed to bring the blessing of Abraham. Right. How is he cursed? Yeah. Right? Mm. So God, what God does is take something that would be a cursing and makes it a blessing. Ah, that's So good. God, God is able to take curses and turn them into blessings. Remember Balak and Balaam, right? right. Balaam was sent to curse the people of God and, and he ended up doing what? Blessing, Blessing them. Yeah. Right? God is so good, bro. Amen. He can change anything. He can turn anything around. He can turn curses into blessings. The irony Amen. of following Jesus. Yeah. Amen. So good. Yeah. yeah. Nah, that's good. Yeah.